Redstone Arsenal is one of the nation's most secure places. It is home to our nation's missile and space defense research and development. And its storied history gave us the Redstone missile, the Space Launch Vehicle, and the Nike and Hawk class surface air missiles. So, with such projects, Redstone is undoubtedly one of the most secure places on Earth. And it's for that very point that it's left Huntsvillian scratching their heads for 30 years. You see, on the night of March 12, 1992, military police officer Chad Langford was gunned down on the base. There was no manhunt. There was no press coverage. There was no interagency communication and a quick army investigation that ruled the death a suicide. What really happened on Redstone? Was it a cover-up? Was it a drug deal gone bad? Was it the result of espionage? This is the story of Chad Langford and the murder on Redstone. Recorded in Rocket City, USA. No bullshit. Just real talk. And now Deuce Conrad. March 12, 1992 was a typical northern Alabama winter day. The high temp for the day was 55 degrees before plummeting into the low 30s after dark. The weather was calm with a slight breeze. With clear skies, the waxing, gibbous moon lit the night as brightly as it could. 20-year-old Specialist Chad Langford was working the evening shift as a military policeman at Redstone Arsenal. Specialist Langford was assigned to patrol. You see, Redstone Arsenal is 38,000 plus acres covering nearly eight square miles outside of Huntsville, Alabama. Its terrain includes marshy wetland, rugged hills at the base of the Appalachian Mountains, and an urban city of up to 40,000 employees. You see, an MP assigned to Redstone could get his or her taste of both urban and rural policing at one time. Chad Langford was raised by his father and grandmother in a small northern California community. He had joined the Army right after high school and was stationed in South Korea. His friends said that he had always wanted to be a soldier, and it was while in South Korea that he earned several commendations, including Good Conduct Medal. Three years later, though, at the conclusion of that tour of duty, Chad joined the military police at Redstone Arsenal in Alabama. And according to his family, Chad loved Army life and had planned to re-enlist. He was an Army man, and he had caught the bug. Chad was on par to make the Army a career. But early in 1992, Chad's father, Jim Langford, noticed a change in his son's behavior. Jim said in an interview to Unsolved Mysteries that in January, he called me and told me that he had been asked to do some undercover work. He called me three or four different times, and each time he gave me a little bit about his still working undercover. I asked him just exactly what it was that he was working on. He replied, guns and drugs. Probably two or three times he told me that uh, if he was found out that he was a dead man. 
And that time I told him, you got to get out of this. And he came back with, I can't get out of it. Now, I find this a little odd, considering that the Army tightly regulates its military policemen. Hell, MPs were prohibited from chambering around in the issued 45 caliber sidearm at the time. In fact, regular road MPs, those are the MPs that are on patrol, would generally not have been involved with ancillary investigations attributed to them. Let's also not forget that Chad Langford had only been an MP for less than a year. The the Army had, at the time, military police investigators called MPIs, which handled low-level investigations on post. So drug suppression teams would be detailed out of the MPI units, whereas larger-scale operations would be handled by Army Criminal Investigations Division, known as CID. And it was because these guys were specifically trained for such operations, whereas a road MP was not. As such, they were given an addendum to their military occupational specialty, also known as an MOS, if not an entire other classification. So the big question remains, what the hell was Chad Langford involved with? On Thursday, March 12, 1992, Chad Langford, a military policeman at the Redstone Arsenal near Huntsville, Alabama, went out on his patrol as usual. He was scheduled to work until 11.30 p.m., and for the first part of his shift, he worked with a partner. That partner worked alongside Chad until about 6 p.m. and described his meaner as joking and in a great mood. Now, normally these patrols would be uneventful, and it all started out pretty routine. The night shaping up to be like any other, and even when he radioed in about somewhere around 7.40 p.m. to request backup to investigate a suspicious-looking abandoned car, there was no alarm or indication that anything out of the ordinary would happen. The car was located on South Patton Road near a civilian recreation area with access to the Tennessee River some 10 miles from MP headquarters. Shortly after Specialist Langford radioed in, he went silent. When military dispatchers could not reach him, they dispatched all available MPs to the area, and they logged down the base. The routine patrol just become every cop's worst nightmare. Minutes later, a responding MP located a disturbing scene. Specialist Chad Langford's patrol car and his body clinging on to life. His feet bound, his cap stuffed into his mouth, his missing service weapon, and a gunshot wound to the head. At approximately 8.20 p.m., Chad was found lying on the ground near his cruiser, bleeding from a gunshot wound to the head. The officer was shocked by Chad's condition. With the growing pool of blood, he was barely breathing. His cap had been stuffed in his mouth and the cord from his radar unit had been wrapped around his neck. Not only that, his pistol lanyard was tied around his ankles. Chad's handcuffs were clamped on his left wrist. And on his left hand was a cryptic message written in black ink 
March 3rd, in what looked like the name Robert. Strangely, Chad's 45 caliber pistol was found under his left shoulder. Ballistic tests would later show that two shots had been fired from Chad's gun. However, it could not be determined whether either of them had hit Chad. Just a quarter mile from the scene, MPs found Chad's handheld radio, badge, and MP armband staged in the middle of the road. The radio was upright and the armband was carefully placed. It had no tears or damage. One could say it looked somewhat ceremonial. Either way, the message was loud and clear. This was no mistake, and it would be a haunting discovery. Normally, a large-scale investigation and manhunt would be immediate in the wake of a law enforcement officer being shot in the line of duty. That was not the case on March 12, 1992. In fact, local agencies were not notified of the shooting. It was kept quiet for the most part. You would think that the Army would want to find a suspect. You would think that the Army would recruit the help of local agencies as it would probably be the intent of any suspect to get the hell off the arsenal. Chad Langford was rushed to Huntsville Hospital where he died 90 minutes later. Chad Langford was just a few months shy of his 21st birthday. Do you have a beard? It's a legitimate question. You know, a beard says a lot about a man. A beard can define a man just by looking at him. Screw what they say. You can judge a book by its cover, and a beard is one hell of a cover. But let me ask you this. How do you take care of your beard? Are you putting chemicals into your face that will basically eat the hide off of a zombie? Stop that shit. Be a badass and start using badass beard care. Look, it's all natural. It's made by badass vets. And it will make your beard so incredibly soft, so incredibly manly. And you can get a free trial set today by going to deuceconrad.com and selecting own promotions. Let's back up for a moment. As with any murder, especially that of a law enforcement officer, a lot of information, whether discovered or not, transpires within the short time of the crime being committed. But according to the Army, Chad Langford had been ordered not to patrol the recreational area due to its proximity from available backup units. Now, I mentioned earlier that Redstone is about eight square miles. Now, that being said, there's a lot of roads on the arsenal. There's a lot of paved roads. There's a lot of curvy roads. And it can be several miles if you're you know, traversing the terrain by, by car to get from one point to the other. According to the Army, Chad had allegedly disobeyed this order. 
But why? You know, that answer is unclear. But one thing that is clear is that multiple protocols were broken that evening. Specialist Langford did not identify the color, make, and model of the vehicle or tag number when calling it in. And while this is routine, the question remains, why did Chad Langford fail to do it? There are those that believe that he was involved in undercover work, and they believe that he knew the individuals associated with the car. You know, perhaps they were tied to the base and the alleged in investigation, and if so, maybe he didn't want to blow his cover. Others, on the, on the other hand, believe that it was the result of complacency, and Chad Langford simply let his guard down. Truth be told, no one really knows. The dispatcher who took Chad's last radio transmission left his post to search for him. Why? Why would a dispatcher leave their post to search for Chad Langford? You know, one could argue that it was symbolic of leaving no man behind, but reality is, who the hell was left to dispatch? Why were local law enforcement not notified for assistance? Why was there no coordinated effort to track down possible killers? Huntsville, Alabama is a sprawling city. And when I say sprawling, it's not your typical city that's only, you know, 10 or 12 miles across. Huntsville, from one end, from the eastern end to the western end, is about 28 miles if not further. And so where Redstone is situated, its gates literally go into urban areas and residential areas. It is surrounded by roads. It is surrounded by a city. And there are multiple ways on and off of the arsenal. You would think that local law enforcement would have been notified. Now, the initial CID investigation said that there were no cars in the area. But a later investigation, known as a line-of-duty investigation, determined that in fact a car had been stopped minutes, minutes, after he had been discovered. In fact, it was only two miles from the scene. But MPs did not record any information about the car except for a partial tag number. They didn't even record the driver's name. He was apparently a civilian employee who claimed to be joyriding after a domestic dispute with his wife. MPs did note that he was very upset, and they attributed it to his claim of being in an argument with his wife. You know, surely a murder suspect found minutes later and less than two miles away would not lie about why they're in the area. The MPs did take his badge, which he picked up the next day from MP headquarters. However, it was never logged as being confiscated, and it was never logged that it was picked up. Later on, an MP said that that particular individual worked at a local Taco Bell, and it was also discovered during the investigation that apparently 
Chad Langford had gone to that particular Taco Bell because someone there owed him money and there was an altercation of some sort. But apparently this wasn't relevant enough to be considered in any investigation as to the cause of his death. CID did contact the Alabama Highway Patrol the following day to run the partial tag number, and they did so with no success. The line of duty investigation indicated multiple discrepancies in the CID investigation, but to be quite honest with you, the line of duty investigation left more questions than it did answers. In December of 1993, the Philadelphia Inquirer wrote a series of stories of 40-something service members who had died under suspicious circumstances. Chad's story was one of those told. The following was written in that series. An MP dispatched to investigate found Langford's patrol car, its hazard lights flashing and its engine running on a remote gravel road outlined in pale moonlight. Next to the car, the MP said later he saw a lot of blood. On the road beneath the car's open front door lay Specialist 4, Chad Langford, dying in the dark of a gunshot wound to his right temple. Langford's blood-stained MP cap was stuffed in his mouth. His handcuffs dangled from his left wrist. The lanyard cord from his holster was wrapped around his ankles, and his car radio cable was knotted around his neck. And... Langford's 45 caliber service pistol, which had been fired twice, lay under his left shoulder. Two days later, despite the bizarre death scene and before the completion of lab tests, a military pathologist issued a ruling. 20-year-old Chad Langford had committed suicide. In tiny Elk Creek, California, Langford's father was stunned by the news. Just 10 days earlier, Jim Langford said Chad had told him his life had been threatened while he was on an undercover drug investigation. Months later, Langford's grief and shock turned to outrage. An army report said Chad staged his own death to make it appear that he had been murdered. But the report also said something else. It said that the army could not determine whether Chad's fingerprints were on the gun or whether he had fired a gun at all. An unidentified fingerprint were found on his radio, MP armband and handcuffs. I think they got this boy wrapped up in a drug investigation. They got him killed, and now they don't want to take responsibility for it, Langford said. I think they're covering up something big time. Across the nation, dozens of grieving families have endured similar ordeals. Like Jim Langford, they say the military has erected a wall of secrecy and deception around the deaths of servicemen on bases and ships here and overseas. Forty families have told the Inquirer that they were misled by the military and given false or contradictory information about the reported suicides or accidental self-inflicted deaths of their sons, husbands, or brothers. In May 1993, the Inquirer reported on the accounts of 14 families who disputed military rulings of suicide or accidental self-inflicting deaths. Since then, 26 more families have told similar stories to the newspaper. A seven-month inquiry review of documents in the 40 cases obtained since May through Freedom of Information Act requests has found a pattern of perfunctory and incomplete investigations. That 1993 article 
and an episode detailing Chad's case spurred a con- congressional investigation, which forced the Army to reopen his case. The issue with that is, that's all well and good. Thank you to the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thank you to Unsolved Mysteries for airing an episode detailing this case. But the findings of this case have never been made public. Are you looking for unbiased news in a world of biased media? Look no further. 1440 provides an impartial view of what's happening in the world so our readers can form their own conclusions. 1440 scours hundreds of sources each and every day to bring you a single morning briefing thoughtfully curated by experts. Straight to your email with no haggling or unnecessary spam. Get even more benefits by signing up to the Deuce Conrad Show affiliate link. Visit www.deuceconradshow.com and select Promotions to sign up today. So, how did the Army come to the conclusion of suicide? A post-mortem psychological autopsy indicated that he committed suicide as a result of a breakup with his girlfriend. It described Langford as having serious, lifelong emotional problems. Jim Langford was immediately skeptical after hearing the military's official evaluation. Chad's father said, I'm sorry, but I just can't believe that any of that. I mean, I raised the boy for 20 years. I know him better than that. And the military has psychologists out to talk to you or call you over the phone and talk to you for 10 minutes, and then they complete his life story, complete the life story of everybody, and they're so far off base, it's unbelievable. The report claimed that Chad's suicide was triggered by a breakup with his girlfriend. However, Chad's former girlfriend, Roxanne, disagreed. She said the CID report said Chad committed suicide over my breaking up with him, but that isn't true. I didn't break up with Chad. Chad broke up with me. I had a feeling that someone was telling him to break it off with me, and I think Chad did it to protect me or something. Roxanne had seen Chad for the last time some five days before his death at the base nightclub. He seemed to have dramatically changed, she said. Chad was dressed all in black, gang-style clothing. He sported an earring and was hanging out with several rough-looking men that Roxanne had not seen before. Chad's lifestyle changes tie in with another shocking CID allegation. In their report, the Army claimed that Chad had been plotting to steal from the Army PX and cited interviews with three soldiers to prove it. One was was an MP on the base. Chad's father believed that there was a legitimate explanation for any contact that his son may have had with criminal elements on the base. Maybe they were trying to recruit him. Maybe this was what he was doing with the 
informant or the undercover work. Now, Chad had left phone messages for several friends just hours before his death. The CID interpreted Chad's calls as goodbye messages to those he cared for the most. However, Chad's father had never received a call. Chad would have called me. I know he would have. He would have called me if something was to the point that to where he was going to commit suicide. I know he would have, but he didn't call me and he didn't call his grandmother. So there were no goodbye calls as far as I'm concerned. The psychological autopsy claimed that Chad Langford had a profound lack of self-esteem and was desperate to create a new image, even at the cost of his own life. According to the report, Chad felt that the glory eluding him in life would finally be his if he appeared to have died in a heroic last stand. They said he called in a false report of an abandoned car and that he had staged the scene to look as if he had been accosted and then murdered. The official report even claimed that Chad's accounts of undercover assignments were a total invention. The case has long been connected to conspiracies and other theories, and I've tried to leave no stone unturned as there is little evidence to be examined even 30 years later. The Army said that he had made several phone calls that night. They claimed that he was seeing two women, both of which were University of Alabama A&M students, which is north of Huntsville. Apparently, he tried to meet up with one of them. She wasn't available, so he called another one and said, I'll meet you on base or something to that effect. Who knows? There's a lot of hearsay that's out there. And in 2019, an internet posting by someone named Aaron claimed to have served with Langford and wrote the following. Now, let me go ahead and be frank and up clear. This is unverified. I have no idea if this guy really served with him. I have no clue who he is. But it's worth talking about because there's nothing out there right now. There's no documented evidence. There's nothing really to help us to determine what really happened on March 12, 1992. But this so-called Aaron guy writes, I was in the same platoon as Chad is, is, as Chad is basic training. We lived in the same bay and were 40 trainees all lumped together. We all knew each other pretty well and talked in length. Our basic training coincided with military police school from September of 89 to January of 90. Chad was a good soldier and was a platoon leader for most of our training. I won't speak ill of him as he died in service to our nation, but Chad had some serious issues I noticed living with him for five months. Chad would become recluse at times, ignoring everyone and going into his shell for days at a time. He would also snap at times and get very violent, but that is very common when 50 male trainees are lumped together under those conditions. However, Chad did like to tell tall tales at times, talking of things such as conspiracy theories and that he just wanted to go to war and kill people. Not that uncommon, once again, considering the bravado among 50 young, adrenaline-fueled trainees. One thing now sticks out, Chad claimed to be an orphan. He said he had no family and grew up in a foster home with no biological family to speak of. Now I'm retired from the Army. I chose to serve a full career, and I've seen and heard every self-proclaimed Jason Bourne, Aldi Murphy, and hero-type story. I'm not saying Chad's death was a murder or suicide. I've not seen the evidence, but what I can tell you is that if he was working undercover with CID or MPI, 
it would have been stated so by the command. If he were undercover, he would not be working law enforcement duty in uniform and pulling shift work. My opinion is, is that Chad had some serious psychological issues. Another poster, this one anonymous, wrote in 2015, we all knew it wasn't suicide. We all had our suspicions as soon as we got on base and word began to spread. I was called in and interviewed by CAID about things they heard that I was aware of regarding someone who was suspected of being after Chad. It was another soldier who lived off base and was involved in some shady stuff. This guy was scary. Just one look at him and you knew he was bad news and a lot of people knew what kind of stuff he was involved with. I told CID everything I was aware of and gave them a name. Seemed like not long thereafter, Chad's death was ruled a suicide. He goes on and he writes, or she writes, it's been 23 years. I still remember the disbelief, shock, and sadness we all felt. So we have one person, Aaron, who says that he served with Chad during basic and that Chad had psychological issues. But we also have another guy here or gal that's anonymous that's saying that they all knew at the time that this was not suicide and they tried to talk to CID and they even gave a name. I'd love to know what that name was. Did the Army get this right? Did the Army get it right with their investigation? That is a huge question that we have to ask. But we also have to ask, was Chad mentally disturbed and at his breaking point? Chad's own family did not believe that he committed suicide, and neither did Huntsville reporter Julie Schultz. Julie said to start with, it was very bizarre, even from the night it happened, because the Huntsville Police Department and the other law enforcement agencies never heard a word from the Army about any of it. And generally, when there's a police officer that's shot, I mean, there'll be a manhunt everywhere. But you know, even before the Army ruled that it was suicide, there was just wild speculation as to what could have happened. People were saying espionage, drug deals, all kinds of things, and then it perpetuated itself as it went with the CID reports. Chad's father also believed that the military police missed opportunities to question possible suspects at night. MP stopped two different cars within a mile of where Chad was found. According to Jim Langford, in both cases, the drivers were never questioned. He went on to say, it's actually crazy. You're talking about a murder here, and it appears to me that anybody within a three or four mile radius of that place should have been stopped and held for some time. They didn't do that. But a bigger question remains, why did the Army not look further into this case? Was it because of saving face? I mean, after all, he would have been the first MP killed in the line of duty at Redstone. Was there truth behind his claims that he was working undercover? Or was it just incompetence of military police? Let's dive further into the undercover investigation claims. Now, despite Army protocol for working undercover, there is a probability that he could have been assisting with a case. Perhaps he referred to it as undercover as a way to build status. 
or possibly he was involved with undercover work because CID needed a fresh face. We don't know. I will say this much. It would be very odd for him to be working undercover and then working patrol at the same time. Could it have been that he was working with local law enforcement on a task force, for example, and then going back on base where it would be highly unlikely uh, that he would be noticed? Perhaps he was looking into drugs. Perhaps it had something to do with stuff outside the base. We don't know. But what we do know is that Jim Langford said, according to Unsolved Mysteries, he called me three or four times, and each time he gave me a little bit about his still working undercover. And when I asked him about being found out and he was going to be a dead man, and I told him, you got to get out of this, he came back with, I can't get out of this. This statement by his father has been recurring and it's been consistent. You know, we also know that Chad allegedly told him over the next few months that he was receiving death threats from unknown parties. And when his father had told him to go to his undercover superiors about it, he was told that he couldn't couldn't do that. And that he would not be in contact with them for another 14 days. Exactly 14 days later, he was dead. The Army adamantly denied that Chad had been involved in any sort of undercover work. And not only that, they would even try to smear his name by accusing him of plotting to steal from the Army PX. Apparently, he was supposedly going to be involved in a heist of $30,000. The Army even cited three interviews that alleged such involvement. One of the interviewees was an MP, and these three apparently came to CID after the the death of Chad Langford and freely gave this information. My first question is, why in the hell would you talk to police if you'd been involved in planning for a robbery? That makes absolutely no damn sense. They even claimed that Chad was going to be be shot in this heist. He was going to wear a bulletproof vest and he was going to be shot. But they were also going to shoot the money carrier in order to rob them. None of this makes sense. But that being said, let's play devil's advocate. Armed robberies and drugs are often intertwined, and according to some statistics, more than a quarter of robberies are related to drugs. So, was he perhaps in too deep and had fallen on the wrong side of someone at the base with his secret drug-related work, possibly someone high up, which had then caused the Army to take the step of having him erased? Is that possible? The fact that you have an MP who, by the way, remains an MP after this, who was supposedly also involved in this planning of a robbery, leads me to ask the question, was there corruption within the military police ranks at Redstone Arsenal? And end of the day, did Chad Langford know too much?
Since 1999, Rakuten has paid its members over $2 billion in cash back. Formerly known as Ebates, Rakuten is an affiliate reseller of over 2,500 online retailers. Uh, Rakuten passes part of their commission on their sales back to you in the form of a cash back payment. You see, you earn cash back by using the Rakuten online shopping portal. And using Rakuten is very uh, simple and easy. There are no fees or forms you need to fill out to get your money. Uh, but to get the cash back, all you have to do is start any online shopping you do at the Rakuten website. You'll click through their site to your preferred online store such as Target, Walmart, Sephora, Macy's, Nike, and many more. And then simply make your purchase as uh, usual. Easy, right? Well, I'm going to make it even better for you being a listener of the Deuce Conrad Show. As a first-time shopper, you will get up to $30 to use on your first purchase. Of course, certain terms and conditions apply. Visit www.deuceconradshow.com and select promotions to get started today. Now, let's talk some forensics. The Army determined that Chad's 45 caliber pistol had been fired. Ballistic tests indicated that at least two rounds had been fired, but could not confirm if the fatal round was from his weapon. That alone is suspicious and raises red flag. The pistol was found below his shoulder. Okay. Now, that being said, it is possible that if one commits suicide, that, that, that the firearm could be found there. The death fall uh, does some strange things. But, as we'll talk about in a moment, when it comes to fingerprints, there was none found on the weapon. His palm print was not there. On there. His fingerprint was not on there. And that is strange because... It should be prevalent considering the weapon was assigned to him. Was it wiped clean? We may never know. Forensics did find an unknown white substance on the firearm, but something else they didn't find on the firearm was blood and brain matter. Look, there. this is a scientific fact. If, if you're going to shoot at close range, especially to commit suicide, there is going to be blood matter. There's going to be brain matter. There's going to be bone matter that's going to blow back, and it's going to be more than likely and with certainty on that weapon. And there was none to be found. Secondly, an MP who was assigned to Chad while at Huntsville Hospital immediately wrapped his hands in plastic upon being pronounced dead. Now, that's protocol. And it was to preserve any gunpowder residue or other trace evidence that may have been found. Chad's body would be transferred to Fox Army Health Center at Redstone for an autopsy. But check this out. There was no evidence of gunpowder being found on his hands. Strange, huh? For a man that committed suicide and apparently shot two rounds out of a forty-five caliber service weapon, there's no fingerprints on the weapon. There's no blood matter. There's no DNA whatsoever on the weapon. And there's no gunpowder on his hands. How suspicious is that? How suspicious is that? 
Now, if you recall, his radio, his handcuffs, and his MP armband was found a quarter mile from the scene staged in the middle of the road. A palm print and fingerprints were found on those items. But they were never matched. You remember that car that was stopped and the guy claimed to be driving around after an argument with his spouse? Come to find out that that wasn't the only car that was stopped that night. A second car was stopped as well. And guess what? No records of who was in that car or any identifiers of that car exist. But later on, an MP said that the person in that car, guess what their name was? Their name was Robert. How convenient that on the hand of Chad Langford, it was discovered that the name Robert had been written. The 1993 Inquirer review found that investigators lost or destroyed important evidence, mishandled death weapons, failed to perform routine forensic tests or follow-up leads, misquoted witnesses, and filed misleading reports. And in some cases, the review found evidence to support the contentions of some families that their loved ones were murdered. Four retired military investigators who reviewed 19 of the cases for the Inquirer said evidence did not fully support rulings of self-inflicted deaths. They said military commanders, eager to avoid what one expert called black marks on their record, often press for quick resolution of cases involving violent death. I'm stunned. James W. Keefe, an Army criminal investigator and supervisor for 20 years, said after reviewing files in three of the cases, if my agents had handed me these kinds of investigations, they'd have another suicide. Mine. Gene Wheaton, who spent 17 years supervising Army and Air Force criminal investigations, said the four investigations he reviewed were superficial and contained faulty assumptions. He went on to say, I'm, I was absolutely astonished. Uh, Wheaton, who also investigated the death of a Marine for the uh, Marine's family, said, if I hadn't read these cases myself, I wouldn't have believed it. He went on to add, I can't understand how these reports got through the chain of command. Frederick R. McDaniel, a former Army criminal investigator and retired Kansas City police captain who reviewed three cases for the Inquirer and three others for family members, said investigators seemed to give undue emphasis to evidence that supported their assumptions of suicide. He said he detected no conspiracy to cover up murders, only poor investigative practices. I see utter incompetence combined with laziness and a lack of experience, he said. Nobody goes to any trouble to do a proper investigation. But Ronald F. Decker of Lederach, uh, Pennsylvania, a private investigator who spent 12 years as an Air Force criminal investigator, reviewed nine of the cases. And he said these people make up their minds on suicide alone before they should. He said then they work like heck to prove a suicide and totally disregard any other leads pointing to accident or homicide. Ted Gunderson, a former head of the FBI office in Los Angeles, was hired by California family to investigate the purported suicide of their Marine son. He said it's called a cover-up. They cover their butts. The Inquirer review found that in most cases, investigators assumed suicide almost from the moment the victims were found dead. 
The investigative files suggest in some cases that agents tailored reports to support a ruling of suicide and downplayed evidence to the contrary. You know, there is absolutely no doubt that the Army screwed this case up from the beginning. And sadly, their incompetence, their incompetence will likely never produce a suspect or real answers to what happened on Thursday, March 12, 1992 on Redstone Arsenal. Chad Langford's military death certificate listed the cause of death as suicide. His civilian death certificate listed the cause of death as undetermined. I don't know that there's enough evidence either way because this was screwed up so bad to determine whether or not this was a suicide or homicide. And I think that the case probably should have been left open as an undetermined death. I think that if you really want to lean one way or the other, it it leans more towards a homicide. But the United States Army screwed this up so bad that 30 years later we may never get the answers. And more importantly, the the most important part, we may never get truthful answers as to what happened to Chad Langford at Redstone Arsenal. Hey, Deuce Conrad here. I just want to tell you about Ibotta. Ibotta is one of the greatest things I have ever laid my eyes on. It's a it's a great tool for actually earning money. And trust me, I've tried all these surveys and everything that the internet seems to say that you're going to make money, but nothing has made me money like Ibotta. In my first week of trying Ibotta, I earned approximately 40 bucks just shopping. It's like coupon savings for people that don't like to clip coupons. Anyways, There is a link in the description of this podcast uh, for you to become a partner with me in Ibotta. And when you submit your first receipt, you'll earn 10 bucks. That simple, that easy, just by going and shopping at places that you're already shopping, such as Walmart, Kroger, Publix. And it's easy to cash out as well. You can get uh, gift cards to Amazon or have a direct payment made to you. Anyways, check the link down below. Use uh, the referral code K-A-X-R-F-W-J and earn $10 on your first receipt submitted. Chad Wayne Langford was born July the 2nd, 1971 in Texas. He left behind his mother, Joanne, and his father, Jim. He returned home to where he was raised and is interred at the Elk Creek Cemetery in Elk Creek, California. Chad Lankford's story deserves to be told. His family deserves answers as to what really happened on that cold March night in Alabama. To Chad Langford, I thank you for your service to our nation. As a Huntsvillian, I thank you for not only serving and protecting Redstone, 
but all of us that call this place home. If you have information concerning the homicide or suicide or anything related to the death of Chad Wayne Langford, please give the Army Criminal Investigations Division a call at 844-276-9243. Until next time, I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the Deuce Conrad Show on Spotify Podcast. In case you didn't know, you can also hear this podcast on Google Podcast and Apple Podcast and most podcast platforms across the web. For more information about tonight's show, you can also visit www.deuceconradshow.com. Visit show notes for more details.